Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. My name is Fernando Carvalho. I'm married to Teresa. She wanted to be here today. Uh, We made plans for her to be here today when we got the invitation but uh, we have two beautiful grandchildren. Actually, we have four, but the two live close by. One is two-year-old, and the other one is a one-year-old. And our daughter called us and said, you know, we need help. I need help. Both of them, the husband as well, they needed help. And they made us go to Hercules to pick them up yesterday. They stayed over the house last night and woke us up at five in the morning and I don't think it would be good for them to come. It would not be good for Teresa, and it wouldn't be good for you. So she decided to stay home, and we apologize for that. She really wanted to be here. Um, I, I passed her message of Peace Church uh, here in South City, and I'm so glad to be here. In fact, I was a little bit jealous because Pastor Caesar had invited both of I have two associate pastors, and they've been here, both of them, but I had never been here. So thank you, Pastor Caesar, for finally inviting me. You know, you've got a great pastors, Pastor Caesar and Terry. They are wonderful pastors. Um, they're great preachers. Pastor Caesar is a great preacher. And he comes to our church very often. Every time I leave, I ask him to come, and he comes very often. In fact, he usually comes once a month in our church. We love him so much. So stick to him, otherwise we'll take him away from you. <laughs> He's a great pastor. We really love him. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit from uh, my heart to you. I, when I go like this, I just like to share my heart. Um, and, and if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible apps, I always like you to look up at least one passage of scriptures, and then I'm going to project some others. But if you have your Bible, your Bible apps, would you open in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 13, uh, verse 14? Now, if you don't have it, you know I'm going to read it for you. Second Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 14. It's the very last verse of the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. And it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of the Father, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This verse is called, in a lot of evangelical circles, uh, the apostolic blessing. In fact, many, many churches, the pastor uses that to dismiss the people that come for the weekend gathering. I was raised in a church that my pastor, every time the service ended, he would dismiss with the apostolic blessing. And I would hear it often. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I've heard that so often. And of course, being a Bible believer, a Bible student, I always love this verse because in it, Paul not only talks about the Trinity, you see the Father is mentioned, the Son is mentioned, and the Holy Spirit is mentioned. So the beautiful Godhead, the fact that God is one, and at the same time, he, he, he presents himself in the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. But Paul does something else in this verse. He talks about the different roles that the persons of the Trinity have. He says that the Father provides love, the love of the Father. Uh, It is because of his love that he sent his Son. 
is because of his love that he made the first step to bring us back to him. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the father provides love. And then the son, according to this passage, provides grace. Jesus comes and brings salvation as a gift. Paul says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, that it is by grace we are saved through faith. Not ourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we get the love from the Father. We get grace from the Son. And then he says, and made the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I always heard this verse, but it never really made a lot of sense to me until about 20 years ago, 1999. I've been a pastor all my, all my life, just about all my life. I was, I was raised in an evangelical home. My mother used to bring us to church twice on Sunday, even before my father became a Christian. I've been in church all my life. And I was baptized when I was eight years old. And during my teen years, I used to sing in a choir, and we used to do evangelistic uh, meetings throughout the city of Rio, where, where I was born. I was born in Rio in Brazil. Came to America in 1979 when I was 17. Now you know my age. <laughs> and I remember when I came that I got the calling to be a pastor at 17. I knew that I knew that I had to be a pastor. Right after high school, I went to Bible school. I went to Bible school in Anaheim, California. I got my license to preach at 19. I got my first church. I started my first church when I was 21, newly married with Teresa. And I got ordained when I was 26. Started the church that I'm pastor right now in 1984 when I was 22. Have been there ever since. 35 years. And during the 80s, I started the church in 84. During the 80s, the church was struggling in the beginning. But in the year 90, it kind of took off. We got to about 500 people, and we were really happy. At the same time, I was traveling all over the world. I have traveled, and I'm not saying this to boast, just to make a point. I have traveled just on United Airlines about 1.5 million miles. I've been all over the world up to that time. I don't travel that much anymore. But there was a hunger in my heart at the end of that decade. I don't know if it was about the year 2000. I don't know what happened. But I was hungry for God. Nothing was happening that caused that. I wasn't going through a crisis my marriage was fine. My kids were growing. The church was doing fine. I was traveling. But I had a sense of a hunger in my heart. I wanted something else from God. And I remember praying, and then I read the scripture, made the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And the word fellowship is the word koinonia, and koinonia means that relationship. And I began to look at this verse that I had heard all my life as my pastor would dismiss us. The love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
I was raised in a Baptist home, and then we moved into a Pentecostal home, so the Holy Spirit was part of our lives. We talked about the Holy Spirit, but it was more like power, authority, gifts, enabling. But that fellowship was missing, and I wanted that. And I remember praying, talking to my wife, and talking to a pastor's friend of mine, and, and I was searching. And, and I heard that back in 95, there was a revival happening in a city in Florida called Pensacola. And I heard of that revival, and a lot of people were receiving a touch from God. And, and I wanted to go there, but I read about it, and weird stuff was happening. You know, things were happening, and I said, you know, I don't want to go there. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. But in 1999, I was so hungry that I, that, that I received an invitation for a pastor's meeting. And I said, Teresa, let's go there. You know, let's get away for a week uh, and, and just let's seek for God. So we tried to get a plane ticket to Pensacola. It was very expensive. So we decided to go to New Orleans and drive from New Orleans to Pensacola. So we, we were supposed to be there on Monday night. The plane got delayed and we got to New Orleans in the afternoon. By the time we got to the conference in Pensacola, the service had already ended on Monday. We got there really late. Parked our car. And when I parked the car, I sensed something there. Something was happening. I went in, registered. People were on the altar praying. And I got to the altar and said, God, I'm searching for you. I want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit like I had never had before. And I said, may it happen this week. We went to our hotel room, came back on Tuesday morning. Great meetings, great speakers, great worship. And every time the pastor would finish speaking, I would go up and ask for prayer. And the pastor would ask, what do you need from God? I said, I need a fresh touch. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if I'm burned out, but I, I need something new. I need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that went on until Thursday. We were going to leave on Friday after lunch to catch a flight back to the Bay Area on Saturday morning. So, I, I, you know, it was a great service, but I was not getting what I wanted. I didn't have that experience that I was looking for. So I remember on the line to have lunch, talking to other pastors. Only pastors were there. It's a whole bunch of pastors from all over the, the America. And actually, from all over the world. And I was talking to this guy, the pastor, right behind me. And, and we were talking. So I told him about what I was searching for. And he said, you know, this is funny. Because this is exactly what happened to me the first time I came here. This is my second time. And, and, and I wanted that from God. And I didn't get it here. I went back home. And when I left and I was driving home, on the border, leaving Florida, something happened, and we, I received something from God so beautiful, and he began to share with me. So I said, this is it. Right after lunch, we got into our car to go back to New Orleans, and when we went into the border of Florida and Alabama, man, I put all the Chris, Christian songs that I could, and I began to worship the Lord, Teresa, and I, and I said, we're going to receive a touch from God. Went through the border, nothing happened. So okay, there's another border, Alabama to Mississippi. Did the same thing, nothing happened. Then we have the last border, Mississippi to Louisiana. And we really said, we prayed through, 
Nothing happened. We felt God. It was great, but not what I was looking for. And then we said, you know, but we're, God, God doesn't work this way. And we began to think about it and talking, Teresa and I, and got into New Orleans, got into our hotel room. And then we went down to have dinner. We sat down at the restaurant. Teresa and I ordered, you know, southern food. I just love southern food. And we sat down there and ordered the food, and the waiter left. And as soon as we were, the waiter left, we began to talk. And all of a sudden, you know, I kid you not, I have fear and trembling when I speak from a pulpit like this. I felt a presence of someone coming in. I've been a Christian all my life, but I had never felt that proximity to God like in that restaurant on that Friday evening. And I sensed, and I looked at my wife, and she was crying. Tears were coming from her eyes. And I said, "Hun, do you sense what I'm sensing? And she says, I do. And at that day, we had such an experience with the Holy Spirit that we had never had before. We knew that he was real. We knew that he is the third person of the Trinity. We knew that he is a person, that he has a will, that he has an intellect, that he speaks. We knew all of that. We could relate to the Father. We could relate to the Son. But we had never had that relationship with the Holy Spirit until that day. It's been 20 years since that happened. And he has been as real to me as it happened 20 years ago. The Holy Spirit is as real as the person next to you. He's God. But he wants to have koinonia, fellowship with you. God sends his son because he loves us. Jesus provides salvation through grace. But it's the Holy Spirit that keeps that relationship alive. I want to share a few scriptures with you today. First one is in John chapter 14. It is up for you, verse 16. The context is Jesus is going back to the Father. Uh, it's, he's in the upper room the last week. This is Thursday before the crucifixion. And Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going back to the Father, but do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know the way. Jesus, we don't know the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Another disciple says, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. I have been with you three years now, and you ask me, show us the Father. If you see me, you'll see the Father. I'm going to go. But I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you. Forever. Now, I want to call attention to two words, another 
an advocate. The word another in Greek is a very precise word. In, in, in English, we just have the same word, another. But in Greek, there are two words for another. The word hetero, we get the word heterosexual from it. And the word alas. Now, if I have a $5 bill here in my hand, I don't, but if I had one, and then I have a $10 bill, like a $20 bill, so I have a 5 and a 20 I would say, here is a bill of $5, and here is another $20 bill. I would have to use hetero, because though both of them are dollar bills, they are different values. One is 5, the other one is 20. So I would have to use in Greek the word hetero. Now let's say that I have two $20 bills. So I would say here is one $20 bill. This is another $20 bill. I would use the word alice because it is another of the same kind, another of the same value, another just like this one. This one is as, as well. Now, Jesus uses the word alice. He said, I'm going to send you another just like me. Just like me. And then he used the word advocate, or in some Bibles, it's counselor. The Greek word is parakletos. Para is the preposition that means alongside. Kletos is out of the verb to call. Parakletos means someone who is called to be alongside of you, to help you. Now, get this. Jesus is saying to the disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another paracletus, another advocate, another counselor, just like me. And the implication is very powerful. Jesus was for the disciples what the Holy Spirit is for us. You know, some people say, well, I wish I could live in the times of Jesus so I could be with him. You have the Holy Spirit. We have the same privilege. The Holy Spirit is for us what Jesus was for the disciples. And then look at verse 17, the next verse. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. He's talking non-Christians. They cannot get him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and he will be in you. Now, two other prepositions here in Greek, very important. With, we already saw that with is the preposition para. He lives alongside of you, but Jesus says, one day, he's not only going to be alongside of you, one day he will be inside of you. Another preposition, absolute noon in Greek, in Greek you know, n, which means inside of you. So Jesus says, not only I'm going to leave another counselor just like me, but no, he doesn't have a body like I am, so that's better for me that I go, for you that I go, because if I go, I will send him, and he will be inside of every believer, alongside and inside of every believer. And that happened when, later on, the disciples, after the resurrection, saw Jesus, understood the plan of salvation, and Jesus breathed in them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Another passage that is so important, it's John chapter 7, up there for you, three verses, 37 through 39. 
On the last and greatest day of the festival, that is the Feast of the Tabernacles, it lasted seven days. This is the last day. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Look at verse 39. By this, he meant the Spirit. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So you see the progression here. Jesus said he will be alongside of you. He will be inside of you, and then he will flow through you. And Jesus compares the Holy Spirit here to water. Now, the word spirit, both in Greek and in Hebrew, means air. And Jesus is saying, just as you cannot live without air, just as you cannot live without water, we cannot live without the Holy Spirit. So I'm here to say to you that the Holy Spirit is the only one who can bring that koinonia. He's the only one that can make that relationship with God alive in you. Very briefly, let me speak to you. I only have a few minutes. The benefits of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, what are the benefits of having this close relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, the first one we already saw in John 14, 16, he advocates. Jesus said, he will give, I will give you another advocate to help you. So we already know that the Holy Spirit is, just as Jesus was to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is to us. But Jesus says, he is going to be alongside of you to help you. So I, I really believe that with all my heart, that the Holy Spirit helps me in every situation. You, you know, I, I'm a counselor. I have a master's degree in counseling, so I do a lot of counseling. And so often I'm in a counseling room and I'm going through all the, the techniques to help a couple, to help someone who is in depression. And sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. So I remember that I have the Holy Spirit to help me. And I don't have to say it out loud. Sometimes I say, Holy Spirit, really, I don't know what else to do to help this person. And just like I'm talking to you, I hear him. And the Holy Spirit may say to me, ask her this question. Ask them this question. And I've tried, you know, for 40 minutes to help someone. And sometimes one inside of the Holy Spirit is enough to bring solution to a problem. He helps me in little things, sometimes even losing things. You know, I look for something all over the place. They say, Pastor, this is so trivial. I'm telling you, this, this, this is a relationship. Holy Spirit, where's my key? Help me. And he'll tell me. He'll show me. See, the Holy Spirit is to help you in every situation. Help you with your job. Help you with your relationships. The second thing Jesus says, he teaches. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The ministry of teaching of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. I like to read my Bible every day. I do my devotion every day. But it's so different when I do it with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Bring insight. I was just reading yesterday the book of Daniel. 
hard book to read. And all of a sudden, you know, I was in a passage that I really didn't get it. And I said, Holy Spirit, bring some light. This is called illumination in the Bible. And he teaches. He brings back scriptures to you. Number three, conviction. John 16, verse 78. I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. And I already told you why. It would be better to have the Holy Spirit because he would be inside of all of us. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin. You know that little red light? You know, Freud will call that the superego. Some people will call the conscience. We Christians call him the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't say what you said. You shouldn't do what you did. Why don't you go back and do that? See, that is the relationship. So often, I say things to my wife that I shouldn't have said, and the Holy Spirit will convict me. And he'll say, go back. Apologize. That conviction, that voice. Number four, he guides you in the truth, John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. You know, this direction. Direction. And I really believe that it's in every part of my life. It's direction of what to do, where to go. If I allow God to direct my life, he will do it through the Holy Spirit. Decisions that I need to make. Number five, glorifies Christ, John 16, 14. He will glorify me because it is is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Uh, The beautiful thing about the Godhead is that there's no competition. And in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit always will bring glory to Jesus. And Jesus will always bring glory to the Father. And so some people have a hard time with the Holy Spirit, you know, because they say, well, you know, if I I begin to pray to the Holy Spirit or worship the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm in all kinds of trouble. Well, don't worry about that, because anything you say to the Holy Spirit, he'll bring right to Jesus. He always will glorify Jesus. And then number six and last... It says he gives life. The Spirit gives life. I always, when I preach, and I'm going to preach three times this weekend, I always say, give me life, Father, because if I preach without the Holy Spirit, my words will be empty. If I lead worship, and I don't, but if I lead worship, I wouldn't want to lead worship without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, Our life is dead. One of the passages that I really love is right in the beginning of the scriptures. Genesis chapter 1 says that God created heavens and earth. And look at verse 2. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now picture this. The Bible says that there's darkness, chaos, emptiness. The earth was in trouble, and God's Spirit was hovering over the earth. I really like the message translation. The message translation says, God's Spirit brooded 
like a bird. This is beautiful. See, the Spirit of God was moving and bringing life where there was death. Order in place of disorder. Light in place of darkness. God was turning chaos into order. And I I was praying for this service. I was praying for you and asking God what to speak to you because I don't know you. I know your pastors and one other person here. I've seen some of you. And then I felt that the, whole, the, the Lord wanted me to speak about the Holy Spirit because some of you need to have that relationship with him. You know about him. But he wants to have that koinonia with you. And then I felt the Lord telling me to tell you about this verse because this is a beautiful picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives. In the midst of the deepest darkness in our lives, the Holy Spirit is there to bring life. You know, your life may be in chaos right now. You may be facing a difficult time in your life. Some of you may be facing an impossible situation. But I'm here to tell you that God's Spirit is hovering over you. And He's going to bring life. He's going to bring life in your situation. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you power to have that situation changed. Let me bring it home. How to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I showed you that we need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How can we do that? Well, number one, you have to desire it. I can say all about the Holy Spirit, but you need to be like I was back in 99. Saying, God, I really want more of you. Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, come. I'm not talking about salvation. You know, if you're not a Christian yet, you need to have the love of the Father and the grace of Jesus. But I'm talking to most of you who are already Christians. You've experienced the love of the Father, the grace of the Son. I want you, I want to extend to you an invitation to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, to have Him as part of your life for the rest of your life. Remember that Jesus said, He will be with you until the very end, forever. You've got to desire it. Number two, You have to believe it. If you don't believe it, you're not going to get it. Jesus says, whoever believes in me. I mean, if you say, well, you know, this is your experience, Fernando, not mine, that's fine. But if you desire it and if you believe it, you can have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And number three, you have to really nurture it. Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow through him. But Paul says the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, fellowship, koinonia, needs to be nurtured. Pastor Cesar and I are only friends because we see each other, we talk to each other. And the more we see it, the better relationship we're going to have. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. You have to nurture it, you have to want it, you have to invite it. I find it... And I don't get everything about the Trinity. Billy Grant said he believes in the Trinity. He believed in the Trinity. He didn't understand it. I don't either. But one thing I've learned in my walk with God is that, and maybe that's why Jesus said, you know, if you sin against the Holy Spirit, you're in trouble. The Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. He only comes in when he's welcomed. 
you know, sometimes I, I like to play my guitar. I don't play that well, but I like to play it. And if, sometimes I got my guitar and I begin to sing songs and I invite him. He comes in, he shows up. But if I neglect him, he'll leave me alone. He only comes when he's invited. In fact, the Bible says that we have to be very careful not to quench the Holy Spirit. And the idea is of fire and you quench in the fire. It says that you should not sadden the Holy Spirit, make him sad by the choices we make. We should not tempt the Holy Spirit. We should not resist the Holy Spirit. See, that relationship needs to be nurtured. So, you've got to want it, you've got to believe it, you've got to nurture it. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.